Good morning, and I want to greet each of you in Jesus' name. I want to spend a little time thinking about some stories today. Um, so we'll start with a story, and then we're going to dive into Luke and look at some stories that Jesus tells, and then we're going to end with a story. And hopefully we can walk away with a deeper understanding and passion for our faith. So when I'm telling stories, I feel weird. This just doesn't feel right. So I'm going to stand off to the side here. Hopefully that's okay. I want, I just seem so loud. I want to take you back to a time in 1950 in a small valley just northeast of what we would think of as Appalachia, in an area that is poor but gritty. And in this small valley, there's a family. And this family is more of a clan. They're like the Hatfields and McCoys, but they're so, such a small valley, it's just McCoys. And they fight, and they argue, and they don't always talk to each other. There's four brothers in this clan, and a grandmother, and a grandfather. And as this clan goes on, it's not actually a wonderful story. Like most of that area, lots of trouble persist, and they struggle with alcohol and poverty. They aren't faithful to their spouses. And in that clan, there's a boy, little boy born. And he grows up and goes to school. And he has a little exposure to Jesus, but not a lot. But as he grows up, he has a friend in school who tells him about the Bible and invites him to come back to his house for a Bible study. And that happens, and that boy does that, and eventually gives his heart to Christ, and goes on to serve the Lord. And that story is so important because it's a story that Jesus can reach anyone. And I'm going to put pause on that story and go into um, Luke. And I was, I've been thinking a lot recently about what does Jesus require of us and does he require different things of different people? Is the standard for you here and the standard for me here? Or is the standard for me here and you here? And this has been a struggle for me. And I deal with a lot of people, a lot of employees. And we always want to give people grace. Grace to fail and grace to also know that you know, their experiences might not be our experiences. 
But at some level, there's this thing inside of us where we know that there has to be a bar that God requires of us. And I've been reading through Luke and was reading in Luke 12, verse 35, and I'm going to read essentially what I feel like is two parables, but it's all kind of one, and then there's multiple little parables in this. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and come and serve them. And if you should come in that second watch or in that third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, in this first part of the parable, we see two examples of being ready. One is this picture of servants waiting for their master. And we see them, you know, being ready and waiting and when they did their job, which was to be ready and to wait, to be prepared, the master came and rewarded them. And it goes on to then talk about a thief who is robbing a house and basically saying, you know, you don't know when the thief is coming. When that thief is coming, um, you know, if you're not ready, you're going to get robbed. So, again, it feels like a little bit of a, not a perfect, I don't like the analogy in some ways of God being the thief because we think of that as like a bad thing. But it is that analogy of not knowing. And you either are ready or you're not when that happens. And so, I guess the question that I was thinking is, what does God require us? He requires us to be ready. And then, what does being ready look like? And when I first thought about this, I thought, well, this is a call to salvation. And so, all of you people who aren't saved, be ready. And I don't have to worry about it. And then... I read verse 41. And let me also say, this is a call to salvation. You need to be saved. You can't be ready if you're not saved. But these, um, these servants were doing the right thing. It's, you know, they were all excited. They were started out wait, waiting, but they fell away later on. So then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful servant and wise steward? From his master will make ruler over his house to give them their portion of food in due season. And I'm going to pause there. Peter had this same thought. He thought, well, Lord, you're talking about these 
unsaved people in the crowds. You're not talking about us, your loyal disciples. And, and Jesus answered him kind of indirectly and said, actually, I am talking about you and to everybody else. So today I want us to think about this directly to us. And to start with, the one thing that I think about is we can fall away. And that is something that I want us all to think about and realize. So I'll finish reading this passage and then we'll continue with it. And then the Lord said, who then is this faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his house to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour when he is not aware and he will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself accordingly or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. And he who did not know yet committed things to serving of stripes shall be beaten with few. But everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask more. So, in this section, we see Jesus using a parable, but the unique thing about this parable is, it's not quite as in-depth. There's a lot more teaching in this parable than there actually is the actual parable. And I think it's one of the reasons it's, it grabbed me so much. Um, and I think we have to be careful with parables because sometimes we can draw conclusions that aren't there. But this parable has three types of servants. The first type is the servant who was faithful to the end. And... This servant is in verses 42 and 43. He's faithful, and in doing so, he is blessed. He is getting that reward. But then we go into two other types of servants. One is the unfaithful servant who knows better. And this servant in the parable is intentionally or unintentionally, not quite sure, but is doing things that are completely out of line to the point that he would never do those things if the master was home. And I had to think about this because Jesus is saying this to each of us. At this point, he's preaching to or talking to Peter and the disciples. And this is a real warning to us that it is easy for, it is possible for us to fall away and to fall into being that unfaithful servant. And I think that's really sobering. 
And Jesus says that is not okay. He also says there is going to be a punishment for that. And there are, there's going to be an account held. And then in verse... And in verse 47, he talks about the servant being punished with many stripes and very severely. But then he goes on and talks about a third type of servant. And that's the servant who did not know better, but still did those same things. And this is what really grabbed me about this passage. What he actually said about this was, he didn't say, oh, it's okay. That servant gets a free pass because he didn't know any better. I think that's so often what I want to do. I want to give people free passes because I don't think they knew better. And while it's not my place to be in judgment and that's God's place, so I do think that maybe is a little different. But God, we also want to be careful not to give people false hope that it's okay. That servant who didn't know better was still required to be held accountable. It doesn't say, oh, come to the feast, enjoy the feast, that's all fine, I'm back. It says, no, he was just beaten with fewer stripes. And I think that's a really sobering thing for all of us is we don't have a get out of jail free card of I don't know better. But we do have a merciful God who was willing to, or does um, temper punishment based on our knowledge. And so I think there's a great peace in the fact that we can rest in that's the type of God that we serve. He's not one that's going to give us a get, get out of jail free card but he also tempers justice with mercy. So, in verse 48, it says, But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, for him much will be required, and from whom much has been committed, of him they will ask more. I think each one of us sitting here in this congregation tonight falls in the camp of much has been committed to us. And I'm just struck by the, in some ways the weight of that. And want to challenge each of us to be that steward that will, will be as outlined in 43. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all he has. So, as promised, I wanted to end with a story and this story is a story that now is me and my life 
two years ago, I went back to that same valley in that same small town in northeastern Appalachia. It's called Amberson Valley. And we were going there because one of my cousins had passed away. And my dad and all my brothers were there. And my grandfather and all his brothers were there. And we stood there and I looked around and I saw lots of broken homes and lots of, of sadness. And then I looked at the family that surrounded me. And I saw a family that had Jesus at its center and realized that I had much to be grateful for. Um, and we went back to my parents' houses over the mountain and after the whole thing, and I was having a conversation with my dad. And I said, Dad, why are you still here? You had all that. You had everything going against you. And he said, Daniel, much was given me, and so much is required. And it was at a time in my life that I was really questioning the why in a lot of the things that we do. Um, you know, why, why do we follow Christ so all in? Why do we have to do X, Y, and Z? Why couldn't we do things a little bit less? And it just, it stood with me for the last several years how if he could say that, how much more is required of me? And so that's the question that I'm going to ask you as you're living your life the next week or the next two weeks or the next year. When those challenges come, we do serve a merciful God, but we also serve a God who is requiring a lot out of each of us. So hopefully this can challenge you. I'm going to turn the time back over to Dave. I know it wasn't as long as normal, but um, hopefully this was a challenge, and God bless.